0: CyberBit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The USS McCain collision appears unrelated to any cyber attack, but observers warn of ICS security issues as maritime cyber concerns rise. WikiLeaks' Express Lane Vault 7 dump raises concerns in India. Telnet credentials for Internet of Things devices are exposed. Defray ransomware is being distributed with unusually precise and plausible spear phishing. Ransomware disrupts some healthcare services in Scotland. Acquisition news in the cyber sector. And Iranian information operations seem to be piping the devil's tune. I'm Dave Fittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire Summary for Monday, August 28, 2017. The U.S. Navy's investigation of the destroyer USS McCain's collision with a merchant tanker a week ago seems to be tending toward the painful conclusion that seamanship errors and not cyberattacks were the cause. This hasn't halted speculation about a cyberattack, with many observers offering suggestions as to how such an attack might have been accomplished. These are perhaps best regarded, absent further evidence, as hypothetical cautionary tales. Most will be familiar to those who have followed accounts of industrial control system vulnerabilities. There's a strong family resemblance. Remember, these are cautionary tales about control system vulnerabilities, not findings from any investigation into the collision. They include a malware-laden USB drive. This is believed to have been the method used to introduce Stuxnet into an Iranian nuclear research and development facility. Infected diagnostic and maintenance equipment, perhaps during a visit to its home port. Infection by a malicious insider, although the famous cases of malicious insiders have typically involved espionage, not sabotage. Installation of a rogue device into an internet-connected network. Malicious components introduced into a compromised supply chain. Exploitation of an unpatched vulnerability in a legacy control system. And, of course, all the other methods by which control systems are rendered vulnerable. The bodies of all 10 McCain crew members who were missing have now been recovered. We spare a thought for them, their families, and their shipmates as we follow news of this sad mishap. WikiLeaks's Vault 7 dump last week featured descriptions of Express Lane, an alleged CIA program for installing liaisonware to allegedly extract information from partner agencies. Most of those agencies are believed to be other U.S. organizations, including NSA, FBI, and the Department of Homeland Security. But WikiLeaks suggested Friday that international partners were similarly affected. The information ExpressLane is said to have collected, included, biometric data. The strongest reactions so far seem to be from India, where the public is already skittish about several disclosed vulnerabilities in their national identification program. The Unique Identification Authority of India, responsible for the program, dismissed any suggestion that the CIA was trolling through India's biometric data. They say they had stringent security features in place to prevent the sort of compromise WikiLeaks insinuated Langley accomplished. They also said that allegations to the contrary were coming from sources with vested interests. The authorities' denials are being received with a grain of salt by the Indian media which has seen too many other issues surface with the identification program to accept easy reassurance. New Sky security researchers have noticed a large list containing thousands of working IoT device telnet credentials dumped online, an obvious distributed denial of service threat. Security experts are scrambling to forestall that possibility. The GDI Foundation, a not-for-profit organization whose stated mission is to defend the free and open Internet by trying to make it safer, addressing security issues through responsible disclosure, says the list includes just over 8,200 unique IP addresses. Just over 2,000 of the devices were still running open telnet services this weekend, and around 1,700 of these were reachable with the leaked credentials. The concern, of course, is that the IoT devices could be roped by bot herders to give greater effect to a distributed denial-of-service campaign. It appears that prevention is well in progress, with the GDI Foundation and others reporting a gratifying response to the warnings they've sent device owners. Proofpoint researchers have found a new strain of ransomware, defray, infesting targets across a range of sectors, especially healthcare, but also manufacturing and even an aquarium – Defray is a small-scale, highly-targeted effort, selective in its prospecting and not asking for an unusually high ransom. $5,000 is the amount being mentioned. The campaign is unusual in its very plausible, carefully-baited spearfishing. It's unknown for now whether the incident is a Defray infection, but healthcare services operated by National Health Service Lanarkshire in Scotland were hit last weekend by a ransomware attack that disrupted patient care into the week. NHS Lanarkshire, the Register sourly notes, was among the British healthcare operations hit by WannaCrypt earlier this year. The service's chief executive apologized to patients, asking them to bear with the healthcare provider as it brought its systems back online, and requesting that people delay non-urgent care. In industry news, Forcepoint announces its acquisition of behavioral analytics shop Red Owl. Details of the price are not presently available, but it represents a significant addition to Forcepoint's capabilities. Finally, with all the attention rightly devoted to ISIS, it's easy to overlook ISIS's competitors in Jihad, which includes not only Sunni rivals in Al-Qaeda, but of course Shiite Iran. The Islamic Republic has long denounced America as the great Satan, and chants of death to America have long been a staple of popular information. But Iran's leaders have apparently decided that this mode of delivering the message is stale. The New York Times reports that the Islamic Republic has permitted distribution of a rap version as an updated way of inspiring the rising generation. This despite Tehran's long-standing condemnation of rap music, and for that matter, dancing. The online videos feature rap delivered from atop the bridge of a frigate, stomping soldiers, flags, effigies of the Statue of Liberty, clutching a menorah, in case you didn't get the point that the great Satan is involved with the Zionist lesser Satan, and so on. Reviews have been mixed. It's perhaps worth remembering from an information operations point of view that Satan is, in his supposed interactions with believers, fundamentally a tempter and so one might think twice before playing the tune that the devil's piping. But that, of course, is a matter for authorities in Tehran to decide. It's also perhaps worth recalling that Russian information operations, for all their historic success, have always played best with straight disinformation. Our linguistics desks, as they never came across a lamer attempt than they did in the Cold War endgame, when they tried to use rock and roll as a way to reach youth. We leave you with one such example.
1: мои адрес не Союз.
0: Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, welcome back. Uh, interesting story came by from Gizmodo about uh, companies that were logging your data. Uh, let's say you went and went to uh, fill out a form online, a web for- a web form like all of us do. But be- before you even hit the submit button, this company has already grabbed that data that you may have put into that field. What's going on here?
1: So this is technology from a company called Navistone and many familiar companies to us use this particular technology. One of them is Quicken Loans. If you want to find out how much a mortgage is going to cost, you go to Quicken Loans' website, you fill out some personal information, what your income is, your location, etc., etc., and they'll give you a quote. Now, most of us assume that unless we press that submit button, that the website is not going to collect that information. But what Navistone's technology does is it collects every piece of information that you filled out even before you've pressed the submit button. And in a survey of a bunch of different websites that use this technology, only a few of them actually give a warning anywhere on the website, anywhere on the page that says some of the information you enter into the applicable fields could be stored and retained. So this potentially could run afoul of a whole number of laws, including some business fraud laws where they're misleading consumers uh, about what information is being collected. Yeah, let, let's
0: dig into that a little bit. I mean, I think most of us probably, as you said, assume that our information isn't being collected there. Is this a is this a matter of just uh, bad form on their part, or run us through what are some of the the actual legal traps that these folks could fall into for doing this?
1: So, there's a U.S. law. Um, I actually have the citation here, uh, part of the U.S. Code, Section 45, that prohibits unfair, or deceptive acts uh, or practices in affecting commerce. Now, this was just one legal analyst who was hypothesizing that this law could be applicable because this is potentially deceptive. You think that any information you fill in before pressing that submit button, and I think all reasonable people think this do you think that that information has not been submitted, that it's been protected? If you change your mind at the last minute, you're not forfeiting your personal information. This is potentially unfair or deceptive, especially if, if there's no warning in the terms or conditions. Obviously, none of us really read the terms and conditions anyway, but it was especially disturbing to see that out of all the companies that use this Navistone software, Only one of them actually had an item in the terms and conditions saying that the information you enter into the fields can be collected even before it's submitted.
0: Yeah, so uh, browser beware, and uh, hopefully by shining a light on this, maybe some of these companies will back off this policy.
1: Yeah, and one of the interesting things about this is after Gizmodo posted this story on its website, I think it generated some very bad publicity for Navistone. And they have now said they're not going to collect email addresses from people in this way, which I think is interesting. It's it's interesting that the activism of the electronic privacy community gets, gets results once in a while and, and can shame, in a way, some of these companies from the most abusive consumer practices.
0: All right. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us.